top executives and crazy entrepreneurs gather to talk about the future of electric vehicles. This is the Driving With Done podcast. Hello and welcome to the Driving With Done podcast. I am Michael Dunn, your host. Hey, drive the streets of San Diego where I live and it will feel like the entire world is going electric. Here, oh, look at that Tesla Model 3 over there, uh, an Ionic 5. Ooh, here comes a Lucid Air. What do you think of that Cyber Orange Mach-E? On the other hand, take your driving to the northern climbs, places like Detroit, Michigan, or Green Bay, Wisconsin, and the picture looks totally different. They're full-size pickup trucks and SUVs powered by good old-fashioned gasoline engines rule the road. Electrics are simply hard to find like some endangered species. Where are they? And what explains the dramatic differences? Why is California covered while people in the north are hanging on to their gas-powered vehicles? For this week's Driving with Don episode, we speak to Andy Minkler, a regular listener to the podcast. A regular listener to this podcast. Andy happens to live in New Hampshire, about an hour north of Boston. He's really tempted to go electric, but some things are holding him back. What are his concerns and what might make him change his mind? Let's find out on the Driving With Don podcast. The Daily Drive podcast brings you all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. I'm Jamie Butters, executive editor of Automotive News. And I'm Kellen Walker. We give you all the top stories each weekday in interviews with experts like Mike Dunn explaining Jeep struggles in China. How bad did it get as recently as June? Sales of Jeeps in China. Can you guess the number, Jamie? Oh, gosh. Was it four digits? <laughs> it was one digit. <laughs> and the number was one. Listen and subscribe to Daily Drive at autonews.com or wherever you get your podcast. All right, Andy Minkler, welcome to the Driving With Done podcast. Thanks, Mike. What's Excited. going on in New Hampshire today? What's it look like outside the window? Uh, it looks pretty bleak. Uh-huh. It looks it looks like a lot of gray uh, with drops intermixed and uh, it's cold. And it's windy. Above freezing, I, I hope. Not not by much, but yes, <laughs> not by much. Gotten used to it. Who would imagine that we're already several weeks into the baseball season? So I need a prediction from you. You have a reputation for knowing things about baseball. A lot <laughs> of things about baseball. So who's in the World Series this year? Well, I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't say my beloved Dodgers, but um, truth be told, I'm, I have to say I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little bit, uh, I'm a little bit doubting right now because they haven't shown very much thus far this season. So other than them, I'd have to say the, the boys in your neighborhood look pretty good. The Padres, they've, um, they've got the, uh, they've got the, the players and the, and the team to do it. And they've, they got a lot of fire in their belly. Padres. They do. They do. The two Achilles heels for the, that team here in San Diego, one, got to change the name. Padres is, does not strike fear into the hearts of our opponents. Like, <laughs> here come the Padres. And then second, the colors, brown and yellow. No, really? Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, you're but more did of a you say beloved Dodgers? Beloved. Yeah, beloved. Oh, my goodness. No one likes the Dodgers. Nobody. <laughs> Since Fernando Mania is, uh-huh. uh, in, in high school. That's okay, Tommy. I... The Tommy days. <laughs> 
Yeah, yes. Okay. Tommy Lasorda, the great. So why Italian. aren't they? Why didn't they win the World Series last year? And why are you worried about them this year? What's What's wrong? Well, the pitching. Pitching matters, as you know. I'm a big fan of baseball, so you know, as you said, you know, I know a little bit about it. And you know, you don't win World Series or playoff games without having the starting pitching, especially. So surprisingly, the oldest guy in the dugout, <laughs> Kershaw, is is uh, has been the best so far. So I'm a little worried about the pitching. That's my major concern, and uh, I think that'll dictate how far they go. They got money to fix that, though. Well, they, they do to. because they sat on the sidelines during this offseason free agency era. And uh, as I, I think they're saving some money for a certain Japanese guy down down the road in Anaheim. Oh, no, he will not go to the dark side. He's staying oh. He's staying where he is or he's coming to the Padres. Bright much. lights, big city, Hollywood. Oh, <laughs> come on. LeBron, LeBron came to the Lakers. Shohei's coming to the. Oh Lakers. God! Don't even get me started. This is going in the wrong direction, Mr. <laughs> Minkler. No, we're gonna we're gonna do a hard left turn here because you mentioned. Le- oh no, LeBron, Lakers. Oh, I know, I know. Yeah. If I was being honest, I I have to say when LeBron first came to the Lakers, I like I had the same reaction you did. No, uh, no, no. I was not a LeBron fan, uh-huh. but he has converted me. He has converted. He's, 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 He's tough. Let's not talk too much about LeBron. Okay. This is a okay. this is a show about cars. All right, let's yep. get back to civilization and the okay. important things, cars. Okay. So let's start with an easy one. What's in the driveway? I've got two cars in the driveway. One is a 2018 Jeep Grand Cherokee, which nice. is which is what my wife and I primarily drive. And then mm-hmm. we've got a 2020 Mazda 3 coupe. Uh, which the boys, my two boys, have have driven uh, much more than I have. But I have to say, I really like driving that car. Both, both are good looking and fun to drive. Good, good yep. selections. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you do a lot of homework before you buy a car. <laughs> How did you land on those two? So the the Jeep I landed on because I rented one mm-hmm. in Europe uh, on a trip where we drove around for I think ten days or so. And we just happened to get that car as a rental, and I really, really liked it. I think it, I thought it was really comfortable and roomy. You know, had had all this, you know, the suitcases and all that, no problem. So I think that was what what got me initially interested in the Jeep, and so ended up lease doing a three year lease on one when we when we moved here in 2018. The Mazda, I did do a little bit of homework. I have to I have to say, and because I knew it was going to be largely for the for my kids, I. I need, you know, I didn't want to spend a lot of money and wanted to make sure it was easy to drive and got decent gas mileage and all that. And so it just settled on. I just, we, we went to the showroom and, and um, really liked it and pulled the trigger. Not, not long there after that. Mazda quietly makes some really terrific vehicles and in particular, the interior is fresh, simple, and yet elegant. Really nice. Yeah. Vehicle. Yeah. We, we got the, I think we got the, the higher, the higher interior higher package, with, yeah, mm-hmm. the higher trim with the red, sort of a dark red leather leather seats, which was really nice. Uh-huh. Of course, three years later, they don't those seats don't look so great with the boys driving the car. But um, yeah, it's it, it's a great car. I have to I have to say, and uh, that lease just expired a couple months ago, and so we, we we own that car now too. So we own we own both the cars, and and that's that's kind of a 
testament to what's going on in the in the uh, in the sort of supply chain and the used car markets. Yes. And all the rest of it that, you know, it was I had no intention of really buying out the cars because I just was under this 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 notion from historical reference that that the car dealers don't usually do those deals to the to the buyers or lend you know lessees favor so just a unique time right, but in the that's world. all changed used car prices continue to be high because people like you are saying hey i'm not going to turn it in my lease i'll buy it better deal yeah i mean it was just financially it was just it was just a no-brainer mike it was just an absolute no-brainer i mean pay, on paper i think i made seven or eight thousand dollars on on both of those cars on oh. paper if i wanted to buy it and turn around and sell it i could have made seven or eight thousand bucks so pretty happy with it for the most part uh, right you're happy but as human beings we're always tempted to look ahead and think about alternatives and you and i have had conversations over the last several months about electrics do you see an electric car in your future I do actually, yes. I think I first started thinking about it in in early 21 when the, I knew the, the the Jeep lease was coming up, and at the time I didn't know what I what the what the resale versus the you know the the actual market value was. So I didn't I didn't really know that disparity. So I was really looking to to get into an EV. I think even then, um, or le at least very seriously exploring it. I, I I should say. But back then there weren't a lot of options. Tesla was clearly the you know, was clearly the standout. And so I was looking at Tesla, but two things were, two things were conspiring against me. One of them, one of them was the price. I mean, it, I think the, I think even the model threes were 60, 60 odd thousand dollars. The Y's, I think the Y was 75 or that's a lot of money for effectively what is a, you know, a nice sedan or, you know, SUV or crossover or whatever. And then the other thing was, even if I'd wanted to, I, wanted to buy one I, rem I remember the lead times to get a car mm. were ridiculous they were mm -hmm. like like six nine 12 months out and so, so you're paying a premium and waiting and and waiting uh -huh. and the price waiting. and the lead time of course i know from our conversations also ch charging at some point although before you own an electric car you're not yeah. really aware of that whole charging yeah issue does yeah. that factor into your calculations it, now? It, it it certainly did, and you know, I you, as you know, I've been a pretty avid listener of your podcast for since the beginning, and um, so I I was aware of these issues of the range range anxiety and things like that through listening to all of your your guests and and so forth. So I I, I did have that issue in my mind. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, here in New Hampshire where I live, there aren't a ton of the of, of EVs on the road. Much more in the last uh, say. So 12 to 18 months. What do you see there? And is it mostly Teslas or is it a variety of like Hyundais and Rivians? And No, I don't, you don't, in New Hampshire, no, you have to go down to the Boston area to start seeing the, the other brands. The only brand you really do see is Tesla. In, Interesting. In, in, in this area. Uh -huh. um, Would it be Tesla if you go electric? What else have you, what are you looking at? First of all, I have to, um, I guess I have to start with what kind of car size uh -huh. and so forth. Yeah, you know we we've had an SUV for all these years, and even when it's just um, my wife and I, and we're going off going about our normal day and whatnot, and you know you need to pack that thing with a lot of stuff. You you have to always be prepared in the Northeast for cold weather mm -hmm. and so forth. Um, so I don't I don't think we're going to be able to get into anything smaller than you know one of these crossovers or SUVs. Mm. You know, Tesla, Maybe I think that's Rivian. the model. The Rivian's got the truck and the SUV. Yeah, and I will say one thing. 
the these brands have really designed some nice looking cars. Yeah. I mean, yeah. a lot, all of them have, not all of them, but most of them now have some really sexy, good looking cars. And and I don't know if I could say that say three four years ago. You're, you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. It's um so from the from the eye test, you know, you really you, you look at you look at you do some research and you look at some of these cars. You go, wow, that's a great looking car. Uh-huh. I would I I would have no no shame in driving driving that car around town, right, so to speak. Andy, when we talk about buying our next car, of course, everyone knows that the man of the house makes the decision, and the woman is sort of <laughs> uh, secondary to all this. No, what what on a scale of one to ten, how much influence does your wife have? on the final decision when it comes to cars? I would say a bit more than than 50% because I do the vast majority of the driving. Ah. I mean, so okay. when we're out and about, I, I, I literally, I drive 80, 80 plus percent of the, of the time. So I think that's relevant. So don't, don't you think I earn the right no. to be able to- No, to of course not. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't Silly work me. that way, mister. Silly me. Silly me. <laughs> not realistic. <laughs> Truer words have never been spoken than happy wife, happy life. Beautiful. <laughs> I think that was Aristotle or Socrates. Somebody really, <laughs> really nailed it. One other thing, uh, not specific to electrics, but this seems to be a trend. I was just curious how important it is to you is uh, more and more, you know, in the old days, we bought a car because of its performance, its handling, its storage space, its fuel economy. But increasingly, people are talking about Cars as the new iPhone, the new sort of iPhone on wheels and the whole mm. digital experience, whether it's navigation mm. or entertainment or all that stuff, digital app, your app, checking on your car. Is that a big deal for you or eh, yeah, kind of, but it doesn't really factor that much? Yeah. So I, I think, I, well, first of all, I need to qualify by saying I've not actually been inside um, an electric vehicle yet, right? Mm-hmm. So... I, I can't really say with firsthand experience that it, like the wow factor just mm-hmm. just took me over, right? Just consumed me. But I have a feeling once I do get in, and, and by the way, I do plan on renting. Um, like we have to, we travel still quite a bit to to go around um, the East Coast mostly, uh, and we so we rent cars quite quite a bit, right? I definitely plan to start renting electric vehicles because clearly there's no better way to see whether you like something, but. My hunch, so I think my my default answer would be I'm not a real overly tech savvy, um, sophisticated, uh, you know, tech lover, so to speak. But I, I also have this hunch that once I get inside and I start seeing all the functionality yeah. and the features, I'm gonna I'm gonna go whoa, that that is nice, that nice, and then eventually that becomes. I can't live without that, right? I can't, I can't go without it. Yeah. I can't go without Do you remember it. when the iPhone came out? Now may have the price wrong. I think it was around six hundred dollars at a time when the Nokia's and what were the Ericsson's mm. were two fifty or three. Yeah. And I remember thinking like, who the hell's got six hundred bucks for a phone? That's price. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you gotta have it. You, you gotta, gotta have it. it. Uh-huh. Can't live without it. Yeah. I mean, there, there are other. I mean, there are other brands just kind of coming back a little bit to that question. I mean, I've I looked at the Mercedes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they have a nice looking, a nice looking car. The Volvo's got a nice looking car. And the ID four, you know, Volvo's a really good looking car. Mercedes making some great vehicles, I, but um, I don't know how I don't know how prevalent they are in in the U.S. yet. I mean, not all not all of those brands, and I think that's obviously that's relevant too, right? If I can't even 
I can't find one or if there's nothing near me, then I, I certainly the, the VinFast. Uh-huh. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by that car and that company. Right. See, yeah. I've, I've listened to both your podcasts with Madame Tui. I think her name yes. is. She, she's her. great. Yeah. That's a great story. That's just a great story. And she may, and they they've come up with some really nice looking cars. But you want to be the uh, the guinea pig? Uh-huh. You know, <laughs> no, we don't. Nobody wants right? to be the guinea pig. It's tough. You go right? first. <laughs> that's a that's a big challenge. You know, uh-huh. I, I mean, she's in California for a reason, right? Because there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, demand for EVs in California. And there's a lot of Vietnamese. They'll be the first one to tell you, like, why are we targeting <laughs> California? Because we have a right. lot of people who are proud yeah. of being Vietnamese. They want to drive a Vietnamese car. So yeah. Speaking of that, you started earlier, you mentioned in your neighborhood, you're seeing Teslas. Is there mm-hmm. anything like in California where here in San Diego, when we first arrived here seven years ago, Teslas were an extremely rare species. Today, mm-hmm. You can't drive a city block without seeing Teslas. Right. They're everywhere. Is there a social statement associated with some people who are driving Teslas in your neighborhood? Are they are they the guinea pig? Are they the what? Yeah. It's a, good, leaders it, or, it's a good question. So I think I think the answer is is definitely yes. Um, because I, as I mentioned earlier, there aren't a lot of uh charging stations, at least to the that I see. Um, uh-huh. I haven't, I haven't done a map of, you know, sort of New Hampshire, but um, I mean, New Hampshire is kind of, a, it's a very rural, most of it, right? It's a very Where rural. are you? Give us a placement. So if I start in Boston, mm-hmm. New Hampshire, how far mm-hmm. in, how far are you from Boston? And then one hour north, one, one hour. hour north. Exactly. <laughs> and, and and I live in the seacoast, which is, so New Hampshire's coastline is 12 miles. <laughs> Andy, you didn't ask for my opinion about what your next car would be, but I'm going to have to offer it anyway. <laughs> okay. Are you, are you ready? I'm, I'm ready. I'm bracing. I'm bracing myself. So number one, uh, it's cold there. It's cold. Mm, yes. And number two, uh, you have a Jeep Cherokee with a lot of space, fun to drive and gets the job done. And you're going to be driving hundreds of miles mm, to see your at a boys time. Later. Yes. Yeah, yes. To visit your boys in university. Stay with what you got. <laughs> Don't go electric <laughs> yet. It's just too much. If you're going long distances, number one rule, if you're just driving in the city, yeah. go electric. If it's more than 100 miles, don't do it. Don't go like, there. It's, you would strangle me if I wrecked. I love <laughs> Tesla, and I, but I, you would be sitting there cursing me in the charging station going, what the hell was Dunn thinking? Yeah, my heavens. I've invested two years of my life listening to Driving with Dunn, <laughs> Get, preparing myself, educating myself. This is all a big setup, a big scam. He's put, <laughs> yeah, so no, long distance, if you're driving long distance and, and in cold weather, the battery does not do well. So for example, if you're driving and it's, you know, below zero and you're going uphill and you're speeding at 75, who wants to be limited in how fast they can go? Those three together will knock mm. the hell out of your battery life. So I think you're in good shape right now where you are with your vehicles. And the reason I think this is important in our conversation is as, you, as I go across the United States, it depending on where I am here in California, Everyone more or less feels like if you haven't gone Tesla, you just didn't get the memo. You're totally way behind the times. Yeah, then right. If you land in Kansas or Michigan or New Hampshire, mm-hmm. you think, well, wait, is Minnesota? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's the hurry? Right. Yeah. I appreciate the uh, the candid the candid advice on that. I mean, it's you know, it's a great right? solution. You mentioned a moment ago, Hertz. Mm. You can go to Hertz. And I know guys who are doing Ubers here in Vegas and in San Diego, they rent it from Hertz for a month and then they yeah. 
make a business as an Uber driver and they're loving their life. They're like, I'm renting a, a Tesla from, from right. Hertz, yeah. rent a car. It's my car. And then I just run up the miles and I make, make a profit. I'm enjoying it. So wow. great way to get to know. Hertz has a huge number of uh, Teslas now in its fleet. So next time you find a Boston, right. Boston check that it, out. And that's, that's who I use too. I yeah. use Hertz. So yeah, I, I, I've definitely been tempted and I'm going to, I'm going to be doing, it. I'm not going to be doing it to go see my older one in, you know, Niagara Falls, Buffalo area in, uh -huh. in, uh, in February, March. So I can assure you of that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Andy, we've only got a couple of minutes left, but I definitely want to spend a little bit of time listening to the story of your two sons who are both phenomenal baseball players. Can you tell us their names, uh, what positions they play and what part, if any, you had personally in their success? Zero. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So their names uh, are Ryan, he's 20, and Matthew, he's 18. Uh, Ryan is a pitcher and um, is at Niagara University right now. The younger one is Matthew. He is finishing up his, uh, he's midway through his high school, his last high school season here in Portsmouth. And uh, he's off to Virginia Tech to go play baseball next, next uh, fall. Virginia Tech. Uh, yeah. Now, both of these, your boys are mm -hmm. like the number one or number two in the state of New Hampshire. The small state of New Hampshire. Yeah. Phenomenal. <laughs> what makes them oh. so good? Um, so I guess, so if I was being, if, if I was being honest, I, I think we, when, when they were younger, we, we did it, we started a sort of an all-star team, if you will, in, in Bangkok, uh, that we recognized pretty early, you know, just being in Thailand was not going to be that, that helpful to, mm -hmm. to getting, to getting the, the competition. Wait, and, so and, hang on. You were in yeah. Bangkok yeah, playing baseball. Mm -hmm. How old were your boys? They started when they were T-ballers, four. Wow. Okay. Four years old. So, so when, so when I, I think we started this team when they were around nine and seven, yeah, nine uh -huh. and seven. Uh -huh. So we started this team and, and, the, you know, we, we brought in some professional coaches to help um, train, train the kids, the boys. What did they say to the dads when the professional coaches came in? What did they tell the dads thank, to do? They said, thank heaven. Thank God. I mean, you, you have a son that plays baseball. You know how that is. <laughs> <laughs> Listening to dad. That's the, uh -huh. that'd be, that's the last voice they want to hear. <laughs> so we just started, we just started playing in tournaments around Asia. And so we needed to travel because Thailand, as you know, is not really known for its baseball culture. <laughs> And uh, we started to move all around Asia, and we got we got a lot of tournaments and, and exposure and games against some, you know, including the Japanese and the Koreans. Yeah, what what countries did you go to? All the way from so from Japan all the way down to Australia, the entire Asia Pacific, um, and China, Japan, China, Hong Kong, Taiwan, Indonesia, Malaysia. Well, give us a ranking of the top three baseball countries in Asia. At the youth level. Yeah. At the I would say at the youth level, Japan's still probably number one. I think Korea, if I, Korea's probably Korea, overtaken. Korea's surprisingly over, big on baseball. Yeah, they're very big. I, th I think they've overtaken Taiwan, who were historically a big powerhouse. You know, they won the Lily World Series, I think, 17 times or something like mm -hmm. that. They were they were just a big juggernaut. Um, but, but, but Korea, you know, the Koreans take things, when they, when they sink their teeth into something, <laughs> they go okay. all in. They okay. go all in. Mm -hmm. So there's a huge baseball culture in Korea now, and and they grow them big in Korea, Mike. I mean, you you look. I'm never I'm never going to forget some of the kids I saw. I, I'm this is not a joke. Six foot one, two hundred and ten pound, thirteen year olds, twelve twelve year olds. Uh, so 
yeah, they hit the ball pretty far um, and threw it pretty hard. So, yeah, and then Taiwan after that. And then when did you know that, you know, your boys had real talent for it to be, to compete among the best, come back to the United States and, and play baseball at a, at, at a college level? I think, I think uh, my older one was in Australia. He was playing in a tournament down there. And one of the coaches for the Australian team, he, he's the, he was the 18U national coach. He's an American guy. Mm. And he was a red, he was a Red Sox scout. So oh. he, he saw Ryan play a couple times and pulled, pulled me aside and, and said, you know, that, that kid's got talent and he's, he's got a real chance to. God, how does that feel at that moment when he says that to you? Yeah. Well, to be honest, I didn't really, I mean, I knew that they had some level of talent, but uh-huh. I, I don't, if I was being honest, I wasn't smart enough to really know what I didn't know. And I hadn't really, at that time, the kids had only been to the U S to play, I think maybe once in the uh-huh. summer. So I didn't really have any benchmark other than just gut, but uh, yeah, it was a bit interesting. I mean, that, that, that was, that was the first time that I, that I probably knew that, that, the, that they both had probably had enough to, talent to sort of come across to the u.s which is why we moved here in 2018 how cool is that an american scout for the red sox coaching the australian national 18u team (laughs) playing against team bangkok yeah in probably perth or something it was perth it was perth oh yeah yep yep it was yeah it was it was uh it was a real it was a real i think uh pivotal moment in sort of that that discussion because i think ryan was 14 at the time or 13 I think 14 and he was 14. So he was getting ready to start high school. And, and um, I did know already that high school baseball in Asia at the expat sort of level expat uh, school, international school, I should say level. I knew it just wasn't, I knew what I was, what I was getting into and what Ryan was getting into. And I think that's when we first started having a discussion about moving back to the U S and, And it was a pretty, it was a pretty short conversation, to be honest. I think both the kids were really excited about trying, trying uh-huh. something new and coming to the U.S. and, um, you know, getting ready to to see about life in the U.S. and as they prepared for college. So that's how it all, I think that's how it all sort of crystallized. Awesome. Well done, Ed. Well done. Thanks. We try. <laughs> <laughs> we try. Never easy. All right. Last question for you, Eddie, before we go. Um if you have one request or a piece of advice for Elon Musk, what would it be? Uh, keep, I would say keep doing what you're doing on pricing and affordability for the car because you're, I mean, he's bringing, he's bringing people into the, into the conversation now that I'm, I'm guessing like, even like me probably weren't, he was just over the edge, just, just over that hump of, of that, mm. that critical hump of, oh, that's yeah. a bit of a reach 75,000 for, yeah for that car. So I think, I mean, I think that's, I know he's getting hammered by the, by the analysts and, and the, you know, and things like that, but, you know, appease, appease your customers. And he, he's definitely making a market share um, strategic move right now. And, and, you know, that's what he's responding to what's, what's happening, right? He is. Stay the course. That's my advice. Stay the course. You know, the analysts can, can, you know, groan and groan and moan all they want, but, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you, you know, he's there to move metal, right? <laughs> he's there to move metal and he's unafraid, yeah. whatever it takes. Yeah. Yep. Fearless. Like him, like him or hate him. He's definitely a, he's, he's definitely a, an innovator and a, and, a, and a, a very brave soul. You can, you can say that about him. That's so true. I mean, 
I don't think anybody's middle of the road on Elon. Right. Nobody. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, and he's he's. I mean, he's probably endearing himself somewhat to you know the masses with with some of these some yeah. of these moves for and, sure and what and for whatnot. Sure. Just when you thought he was an elitist technology guy from yeah. Silicon Valley who was above it all, he says, "Let me just cut the hell out of prices and make it more affordable for everybody." And by the way, I'm going to go run Twitter and yeah. lose a few billion there. No problem. <laughs> Correct. I mean, he certainly speaks his mind, right? He certainly yeah. speaks his mind. But yeah, I mean, I credit I, cre I credit anybody like that. I, I give a lot of credit to who built a business. Uh, that's been that successful. Um, yeah. you, you have to you have to kind of put the personality aside a little bit, right? Just a little look, bit. Look at look at the Just body don't of work. Get caught in an elevator alone with him. It could get <laughs> it could get ugly in a hurry. Like, what are you doing here? You know, <laughs> right, right. What are you bringing yeah. to the uh, planet Earth? Okay, yeah. I, I got to get off of this floor, Elon. I'll talk. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> Oh, I just just remembered I left something in my car. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go. Andy Meekler, thank you. Thank you for your time today. Really enjoyed the conversation. Likewise, Mike. Enjoyed it. Take All care. Right. See you soon, I hope. Bye-bye. Bye. So when does it make sense to buy an electric vehicle? Every individual is going to make his or her own call, of course, but we do have some common sense facts that can guide our decision. For Andy and for anyone who lives in cold weather climates and who drives lots of miles, say more than 100 miles a day, then electrics are probably not for you. On the other hand, if you happen to live in Southern California or Miami or Vegas, you know, the sunshine states, jump in, the water's fine. Hey, I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. I am Michael Dunn. And this is the Driving with Dunn podcast. Thank you for listening to Driving with Dunn. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. And to reach Michael Dunn, go to zozogo.com.